0: I'm joined by Matthew Graviak, Out Manager Ed Merkel, as well as Tessa Bonucci. That's right pronounced. Bonaki, close to <laughs> oh, Tessa Bonacki from Dick's Sporting Goods. And she is an e-commerce senior analyst. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tessa. Absolutely. And Hi everyone. And for coming into the office. Of course. That's awesome as well. So would you mind giving yourself a brief introduction for our listeners? Or listener,
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, I've been doing SEO, I think, since around late 2014, mostly in house, some consulting here and there. But, spent the majority of my career at Dick Sporting Goods, uh, kind of beginning as a specialist and working my way up to senior analyst role. Have more of a focus on some of like the UAT testing and working across with some of our, our third party vendors. Oh,
2: so neat, <laughs> and uh, fun fact, um. I actually worked on the Dix uh, Boarding Goods account in a previous agency and worked with Tessa. So I have been working with Tessa for quite a while now. Yeah. For a long time. Yep. Probably like over four
0: years, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like a long-standing professional relationship here.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say friendship. Yeah, maybe. I would say,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. All right. Awesome. Okay, Matt, is there anything you'd like to tell the audience about yourself and do a little intro?
2: Sure, so like you mentioned, I am an account manager here at Merkle. I have been in SEO in some form for my entire professional career, so about 10 years of SEO, and I've mainly specialized in e-commerce, but I've bounced around to different industries as well.
0: Well, I for one am so excited to have you both on the podcast. All right, so I guess a good place to start is, why is SEO important for e-commerce and e-commerce specifically?
1: Sure. So I would say SEO is important for any type of website in the industry, but most specifically e-commerce because I mean, bottom line is we sell things online. So SEO being such you know a big marketing channel, a lot of people using Google, it's obviously important that we you know, show up in the search results, that way we can tend to anyone looking for any type of our products. And the Dick's Sporting Goods, obviously, Sporting Goods, so people looking for mouth guards, cleats, um, a lot of them are coming from Google. So making sure that um, we are optimized and appearing for those queries is extremely important. Definitely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And how would you say that that differs from just general SEO? What are the, what are the secrets for e-commerce that make it a different thing?
1: So definitely don't want to give away any of my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Give us the (laughs) secrets. So I did some work in lead generation before, which was definitely a different animal, which relied a little bit more on paid search than, say, maybe e-commerce. Obviously, paid search is really large in e-commerce as well. But as far as the secrets, um, I think it's just, you know, having a very holistic site, you know, everything is kind of important when you're looking at a site, especially as large as ours. So, you know, if one piece of the puzzle kind of isn't functioning correctly, it impacts our channel. So just like making sure that the site holistically is kind of all put together, which is, you know, very challenging, especially when it's something as large as exporting goods.
0: Definitely. And how do you guys do that with so many moving parts? Like you have so many different teams you probably have to work with, so many lines of business. Is there anything you find that you guys do that's effective for to keep everything organized and the flock moving in the same direction? Sure, it's definitely a challenge.
1: So our SEO team at the moment is made up of six people, two of which are copywriters, two which are specialists, um, a senior analyst, myself, and then a manager. So how we kind of keep things, I guess you would what you would call together, is uh, we do have the site kind of split in half. So a specialist and a copywriter kind of work on half of Dick's Sporting Goods, and then another specialist and copywriter work on the other half. Um, and then we also have representatives on our team that are kind of responsible for those different teams that we work with. So someone is kind of the you know the counterpart for UX, any of our third-party vendors we work for for local or those different mm-hmm. things. So definitely organization is a big part, making sure that we keep stakeholders educated because I know SEO is, it's not that it's new, but it's a little bit of a different animal So and it's constantly changing. So we have to make sure that we're constantly educating and keeping everyone in the loop and making sure that they understand how their business impacts our business and vice versa.
2: That's a really great point. I know that your team does a lot of training and make sure that all of e-commerce is involved in SEO and it's not just siloed to your specific team and that has a great benefit to the site in general.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So do you think those trainings are really helpful to getting everybody on the same ship?
1: I would definitely say yeah, so we have a, a pretty Basic presentation that we'll do that's like an SEO 101 mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that we'll offer across the board because Dix has like different educational programs. Yeah. So, the SEO does one and they do them a lot for merchandising trainees, so people that mm-hmm. are like newer to the company, so educating them when they first come in right after college. Get in, get in, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> the really way to do great. It. <laughs> so, whenever start they start them young, yeah, <laughs> when they're placed into, you know, they're wherever they're going to be placed at Dix, they kind of like have that SEO background and knowledge, which is great and then even for people that have been at the company, you know, 15, 20 years, we do we do trainings for them as well. We try to do things more either on like a quarterly basis or two times a year to kind of just like say, hey, don't forget about us, we're still here. Yeah. Um, just because we're a smaller team and we're kind of in the background a lot, yeah. You know, we get involved as much as we can and you know, it's definitely improved over the years as far as like making sure people loop us in. Dix does a lot of testing, so mm-hmm. you know, your first thought might not be like how does that impact SEO, but as far as like how they're serving, you know, the tests, are they doing yeah. redirects, are they you know, yep. doing different things like that. So um, we just try to stay on top of it as much as we can. Definitely not perfect, but we're working working towards it.
0: Nice. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a good SEO imbibed organization where at least SEO is on people's mind, which is a huge deal to get to that point. Yeah,
1: and it definitely took some time. Um, like I said, I've been at Dix for a while, and I remember when we first started there, people were kind of like, "Like, what is SEO?" Yeah. Um, although we're everyone is still learning and kind of getting up to speed with what it is, people are at least like not shocked when they hear you the know, term. The term yeah. SEO.
2: Yeah. So, are there any key pieces of information, like if you want? everyone in the organization to remember one or two things about SEO, what are those things?
1: I would say the first thing is just considered always important, regardless of what you're working on. So mm-hmm. even if you're thinking like, "Oh, I'm building these new pages or a new products coming out," it might not be applicable to our channel. Communicate it anyway. Yeah. So we like to just operate on a basis of over communication. So even if yeah. it's something if it's that such might, a good tip.
0: yeah, uh, over communicate with me, please Right. <laughs> tell me everything. You know, even if it's something,
1: <laughs> if it's a sale, something that might not fit into our world directly. It probably so, does. Right, exactly. <laughs> At some point in time, it does overlap. So even if it's a very small piece or if it's just understanding, like, what's going on on the website, um, I would definitely say that's, you know, kind of number one. And then as far as number two, um, for people to know, I'm not sure. I think number one is just, like, the pretty much the overarching kind of theme there. So if we can get that done, then I would say we're pretty successful.
0: Definitely. Because sure. if they come to you and say, like, hey, we're not really sure about this. Mm-hmm what are your thoughts on it, then you can get ahead early in the process. I feel like a lot of SEOs, especially what I see on a day-to-day basis, is they're looped in at the last minute. Mm -hmm. And at that point, there's really not much they can do. Right. And there's actually, I guess there's almost like this curve where you have the ability to make the most impact and that's typically towards the beginning and you have less ability to make impact towards the end or changes. It gets like way more expensive at that point. Yeah, If you're like, yeah, you have to change every way that you develop this entire product, you know, that might be very expensive. So over-communicate is such a good tip.
2: Even worse after it's already implemented and then you're spending most of your time fixing problems instead of creating solutions from the outset.
0: Yes, almost like Band-Aids, you know? So having that in your process, even having people talk to you guys top of mind is probably like such a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts (laughs) on what makes a retail site strong in terms of SEO? In terms of SEO, um, again, I know
1: I mentioned this before, but I think that the site has to be healthy holistically. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's more about the moving parts than Just like looking at the site as a whole especially if you're a large retail site like Mm -hmm. such as us um, we have to make sure that like i said we have our hands almost in everything so every you know there's different teams for every product line whether it be family pages category Mm -hmm. pages um, products we have to make sure that you know we're kind of on top of all those different areas Mm -hmm. and then of course the technical side of our site is also very important so because like new technologies are constantly constantly being developed and DSG has kind of brought a lot of like that tech, like, technology development in-house. Mm-hmm. that has probably not been our biggest challenge, but probably one of the most important things that we've worked on is just making sure if like you know we're going responsive or something like that that SEO is involved just because we can do the meta tags, do the content. But if the site is not technically sound, can't be indexed by Google, none of that stuff really matters. So just making yeah. sure we kind of start with the basics make sure the site is built correctly, and then all the fun stuff like content and those different mm-hmm. cool testing things mm-hmm. kind of come after that.
2: You mentioned exporting goods bringing product lines in-house. So most of e-commerce and retail has another side to it other than just the e-commerce site. A high percentage of sites you know, have to work in tandem with other aspects of the business. How do you adapt to things like that on a day-to-day basis? Say Dick's Boarding Goods decides to change their entire strategy, and a product line that you were working with, they decided to move that in-house. How do you change your strategy to work with that?
1: So yeah, that's definitely a huge challenge. In the past, and I, I think like a lot of retail sites, like you mentioned, like we work with a lot of third parties and rely on a lot of other you know companies or people in other places to kind of mm-hmm. be in charge of like some of those aspects of the site. So especially if they're not located you know in the same time zone or different things like that. So again, like just the communication of trying to coordinate um, to make sure that everything is in sync. I think one of our biggest challenges over the years, um, we're definitely getting a lot better at it now, is that we currently run on an MDOT for our mobile site. So one of our big things is we have to have a quick turnaround time. Mm-hmm. Obviously Dix is a big player in Super Bowl, World Series, those types of things. So. When there's, like, a, a clinch for the Super Bowl, you know, we have to have things go live immediately. And having those two different sites, technically, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we have to make sure, you know, it updates on desktop, updates on mobile, and kind of check back and forth and just make sure everything is timely and sync and correct, so. That must
0: be so nerve-wracking to have, like, some big events like that that drive are just huge days. Yes. You because know? I feel like there are so many things that could go wrong, like, you think, like, 84 lumber at one of the Super Bowls a few years ago had their whole site go down. Right. Because too many people hit it at once, you know. Right. Or if the wrong banner
1: goes live or a banner doesn't go live, like mm-hmm. hypothetically, you know, you could miss out on like projective traffic that's, you know, in, in the mm. millions. So you have to really make sure it. No pressure. <laughs> right. No <laughs> pressure. That <laughs> you're just kind of in sync there. And <laughs> once we bring things in house, it's definitely a learning experience just because mm-hmm. we've relied heavily on some of those other vendors in the past and just making sure that, you know, we're staying educated and that. We've, you know, leveraged their information as much as we can throughout the partnership that way, um, because, you know, every business wants to be, you know, self-reliant. So Mm -hmm. just making sure that we're educating as much as possible and
0: leveraging the people that we have. So I'm curious, do you guys have, like, checklists that you go through and people sign off on? How do you guys make sure that everything that happens on that day is going to happen?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I feel like a lot of the people that are in charge have been kind of in the same position for a while so yeah. almost veterans kind of in, in yeah. the aspect there um they've, they've been through things yeah they've been <laughs> they've through it all. Stuff. yeah so it's pretty you know the, the process is pretty seamless at this point we've made technology changes that like we've had to adapt to mm-hmm. and things like that. But there's a lot of different departments involved, like we talked before. So, you know, not just SEO, but the site merchandising team, the technology team, um, you know, UX, the people that are putting the banners
0: live. So like shout out uh, to dev team. Yeah. (laughs) So basically we all, we we have our
1: own individual checklists and then we all call in at the same time and kind of go through those checklists based on, you know, what's most important, like is the page live, is the banner live, those things. And then we kind of troubleshoot our own independently. And then we kind of Collaborate as a group just to make sure that everything has kind of gone off
0: without a hitch. That's so cool! It's like a war meeting. It's yeah, like you're all at this round table <laughs> on a conference line, of course. Right. But <laughs> so people are screaming <laughs> in the background for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like it's a it's a good it's a good Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I guess that does that must be hard too because you guys have to take off that time because a lot of I would assume Dick Sporting Goods people are athlete fans. Right. Too, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And you get to work during the
1: Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, and there's a lot of like playoff games that you wouldn't think about, like for the World mm-hmm. Series. Like it can be, you know, a long standing series. Same thing with hockey and there's different things. So we do have to put some hours in outside of work. But
0: yeah. um, mm. oh, it pays off. some we'll push some out for you yeah. the next <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> I know the Merkel team we do a, um, a Super Bowl thing where some people sacrifice their Super Bowl Sundays to, you know, do some reports too. So it's yeah. just it. the name of the game. It's a tough, tough life we live here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> goodness. I have a question. So have you felt that over the last few years or the, the time that you've been at Dick Sporting Goods, there's been an increasing shift from in-store to online, and maybe not in terms of like money or anything like that. But I know that for a lot of other retail businesses, e-commerce wasn't a thought in their mind a few years ago, you know, maybe like 10-ish years ago. But now everyone shops online and Amazon's doing two-day shipping and the world is going digital. Have you guys felt that focus at Dix or that shift to being, you know, more of a highlight?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, I work with a couple people that have been at Dix for almost 10 years now, and they can remember when they started the e-commerce department, and it was, you know, 10 people, 20 people, you know, now where it's well over, you know, in the hundreds. So um, I know we've definitely felt it that way. And then as far as like how people shop, absolutely. So we've been, as a company, putting a very strong focus on digital transformation in general. So, you know, not just SEO, but social, paid, um, those different things and making sure that we are offering the customer everything we can. We, you know, we have a great in-store experience, but we would like that to be mirrored online as well, just because so many shoppers, you know, are on the online world now people are busy and they just want to be able to quickly browse and making sure that our site is user-friendly so that people can you know easily do that without any challenge they can find exactly what they're looking for in the least amount of time so yeah we've definitely felt that and especially in seo i mean it's evolved so much as well so you know the old school tactics of just like title tags and metas like developing all the way to you know what kind of javascript you're using so yeah we've definitely felt that over the last few years
2: yeah you brought up a really great point that there are all of these additional digital marketing channels that you're working with and also Dick's Sporting has been around for a long time and there are all of these traditional marketing channels to deal with. How do you fight for SEO and make sure that it has its place in the equation?
1: That's a great question and definitely you know can be a challenge at times. So. SEO is like I said before; it's so unique. So a lot of you know people in the business or have been around for a while. You know they're used to you know you put money into something and you get a return. Yep. So SEO is one of the only channels that I can think of off the top of my head that you can't just put money at and see you know your investment immediate. Payoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of SEO as kind of like you know, the spoiled rich kid that like you you can't you can't buy them off with money. You know, you have to it, it has to be really thought out and it's strategic. Like but it's very it's very difficult to communicate that just because it's un you know, it's not traditional in that way. So um we do a lot of education like I meant like I mentioned. Um uh, we do a lot of um like pulling stuff together just to kind of show and explain that because at a high level it's you know it's difficult to understand like this year Google looks way different than it did last year, and they're kind of like, what exactly looks different? So, you know, with like the featured snippets, those different things, quick answers, people Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily always clicking through like they used to. um, Local becoming, you know, a much larger piece of the puzzle. So, we, we do a lot of education, we do a lot of analysis and research, and then we share that with like stakeholders to make sure that, you know, we're communicating like why things are different or, you know, how they're changing. Like I mentioned, it can definitely be a challenge because even ourselves sometimes we're like, what's going on here? Like, things don't add up. But the more you dig in, the easier it is to kind of, like, come up with kind of a scenario. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely challenging just because it's not, like,
0: a money return channel. Do you guys ever use, like, sports analogies? Like, you got to train every day to get the (laughs) results, you know? Like, you can't just go to the gym and do one rep. Yeah. you got to go out there. I think people try to avoid that just
1: because, oh, really? like, sports are so in our face all day long that, I mean, occasionally one will be thrown out just for some humor, but, yeah, if we do um, <laughs> avoid those sometimes.
2: I feel like it's not as obvious when you're in there and yeah. you hear it every day. Like, it's possible. kind of, you know, just... Go in one ear and not the other. You just you know, it's it's nothing new or surprising to you. Right.
1: Maybe I don't even think about it as a sports <laughs> analogy, like let's hit a home run today. I probably just goes one yeah, one Get year a field goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what sports they get field goals in. Like field hockey? Do they is it a field goal in field hockey? Um, I'm know? not really
2: familiar with field hockey, but
0: Probably football. Yeah, football. Football yeah. Yeah. football's a field goal. Yeah. Okay, nice. That's good to know. Anyways, Pittsburgh, okay. <laughs> I know sports. Um, All right. So what do you think defines a best-in-class experience? Like, what are some of the challenges that are going on in your industry in general?
1: Yeah, so best-in-class experience. That, you know, I feel like that's, you know, a very broad question. Not that that's a bad thing, but... I feel we're like, shooting high. Yeah, we're, no, we're high doing here. like a layup. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, again, every channel
0: <laughs> you know, like that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's a long shot. You know, a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> just,
2: just throw in a few more, and we'll pick the one that works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the challenge is, I think that every team wears a different pair of glasses on what they think an ex- the best experience is. So oh, we're thinking so about it through SEO, whereas UX is thinking about you know interaction on the page and. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the product teams that are developing new technologies are thinking about maybe speed for their pages, and while they all come into play, we all have a very different mindset of, you know, what, you know, best case scenario looks like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from my opinion, when I I try to take everything into consideration just because, Mm -hmm. you know, SEO involves so many different, you know, pieces of the puzzle, you know, best in class, I would say, is definitely a, to begin with, a functional site um, that is quick. (laughs) That, that the user important. can get to what they're looking for as fast as possible. So yeah. I think, you know, landing on a page, you know, making sure that they land where the, what they're looking for, whether that be a short tail query where they're looking, they're just looking to browse mm-hmm. and they're kind of interested in seeing some different options. Whereas if they're looking for a very specific basketball shoe, making sure that we're serving um you know that, that content,
2: mm-hmm. whether it
1: be through email marketing or, mm-hmm. um, you know, search engine optimization or paid search, and just making sure that we're aligning with what their intent is. I think across the board, it's probably makes best in class.
2: You mentioned a lot of things that are, that are more specific to user experience, and a lot of those opposed of traditional SEO argue that SEO doesn't always take user experience into consideration when making your decisions, you're doing things for search engines. So how would you say that, how would you argue to those people that SEO is valuable for user experience and how those two ideas tie together?
1: Sure. Yeah, I would say five years ago, people are like, okay, search engines, search engines that work in you know SEO. Whereas now, I mean, Google has even said themselves, like, don't try to manipulate things for search engines. Like, we're worried about the customer. And if you provide a good experience for the customer, you know, you're providing a good experience for Google. So you know, looking at things like click-through rate, um, bounce rate, we do take those into consideration because we, like I said, we want to make sure that we are offering the best experience, so if you know, our page is experiencing you know, a lot of high bounce rates, like we're obviously mm-hmm. not giving a good experience and you know, that mm-hmm. will eventually reflect in the SERPs. So yep. we see rankings decline because of that. So we just let people know that we do take all of those metrics into consideration, not just number one on Google. Because yep. if we're not doing those things, we're not gonna be number one on Google. So I think the industry has changed so much that you, you, know, you really do have to make sure that you know, what you're doing is for the customer and not necessarily just for search engines. Of course, search engines are still important because even if, you know, maybe you have a JavaScript-based site, the customer sees it, they love it, it's great, but Google can't render it or they can't see it, we do have to still keep in mind, you know, we have to kind of translate things for them to make sure that they can
0: understand as well. I so. that term, translate. Yeah. So you're dealing with all these other teams. Does coming to them with a lot of data help you? Absolutely, with your and coming like we're also we're all on the same team. Like we want what you want, the mm-hmm. best experience for the consumer. Does that help you guys?
1: Yeah, I think anything that we can put numbers behind or that mm-hmm. is data driven, I think pretty much in any industry, any team is going to be like, okay, here's the facts. Yes. I think the struggle is a lot of the things that we do, oh. or have ideas about, don't have direct impact numbers. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'll do some testing with like meta tags and those different things, and maybe visits did increase, but can mm-hmm. we draw it directly to? you know, the title tags yeah. just because we have so many different things going on at the yep. site at one time. So many time, pieces. Yeah, maybe we, you know, increase the site speed, or it's just hard to silo one thing specifically and say, this equals this. So it's more like this plus this plus this could equal this. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely the challenge, but we do try to put metrics behind things, especially things like holiday strategy. You know, it's huge for us um, just to get some buy-in for some of the different stuff that we want to do that will require work from different teams. So anytime that we were able to bring numbers to the table, definitely kind of like lights a fire.
0: I'd seen once at a conference that someone had suggested trying to do things one at a time, but that's got to be impossible right. for a site that's as large as Dick's Sporting Goods, and there's so many other moving pieces mm-hmm. besides SEO. So, what you may have implemented, you know, the UX team may have exactly. done a content refresh that no one was told about. But I mean, obviously, you guys were communicated to, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and we constantly have testing yeah. going on. I think that yeah. that would just be at any you know retail site the size of ours different templates, um, you know, different experiences, and that's not something that they can put on hold for us to test, and it's
0: not something we can put on hold for them exactly. to test. So, but it's good that you guys have numbers because I'm sure they, they appreciate coming to you coming to them with all those different yeah. information there.
2: Data certainly is a powerful way to sell your initiatives and get buy-in from other teams. Do you have any other recommendations for ways to get buy-in?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of the times what we'll do when we don't have, like, say, hard numbers to, you know, prove something, we try to rely more on visual things. So, again, like I mentioned before, the, sh- the shift in the SERPs. While we can see some data around them, it's just, like, maybe visits have declined or shifted mm-hmm. to, you know, more of a local perspective, and it's, like, why? And there's not any numbers that we can show them directly that illustrate that. So we'll do kind of, like, a side-by-side feature. So we'll show... Here's a picture of what the SERPs looked like in 2017 for the word mm-hmm. basketball. And mm-hmm. here's what they look like in 2019 for the word basketball. Mm-hmm. So we've and seen you you know, blow minds. Right. <sighs> so <sighs> it's just
0: like it's changed so much. it, it, it really yes. it's a
1: such a large, you know, switch, especially for things like site links. When you mm-hmm. come to Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, typing mm-hmm. in the branded term. Like let's just say two years ago it used to be very brand focus the site links that would be shown it'd be different stores the store lake lo- locator now we'll see things like sports equipment or anything that's like trending you know or being pulled in into site links so we're yeah, seeing more traffic cool. shift to different ways so mm-hmm. just being able to illustrate that and show it like live mm-hmm. kind of like a hands-on
0: experience definitely helps with that so cool <laughs> all right um so i think we have two more questions perfect so you guys, being a retail site, are constantly in competition with Amazon. Do you have any general thoughts about this?
1: Yeah, sure. I think that Amazon is always a threat um, for, you know, retail.
0: Such everyone. Yeah, industries, <laughs> anything. They'll be coming out Services, with, like, right, you know, deliveries, like your groceries. House. Yeah, yeah, bring things to
1: <laughs> Yeah, they do pretty much everything. Um, I don't think that we felt the impact as hard as maybe some other industries, just because yeah. I feel like a lot of the stuff that we sell, may are known for. Right, and it's not mm-hmm. as popular, you know, to say on, you know, Amazon. Mm-hmm. I feel like people still, you know, kind of like, Dix is a big name in the game. You know, if yeah. you're looking for some basketball shoes or, yeah. you know, football gear, I feel like we're still kind of like the dominant person in that industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the future, do I think that it will become an issue? I think it's definitely something that we need to at least be aware of Mm -hmm. um, and keep an eye on and kind of watch, you know, what kind of, like, different things they're trying. Like, how do their products that are similar to ours look and... Those different things. So while we haven't really felt a whole lot of impact yet, it's they're definitely not someone to count out. Just like we said, they pretty much do everything. And I think another thing that we have that they don't have at the moment, and I'm sure eventually it will be coming, is a lot of the stuff that we offer online also has like a counterpart in stores. Yes. So, you know, baseball being a big thing, while we do sell bats, gloves, those different things, we, you know, we're launching new store experiences where people can actually use those bats or, you know, a professional can help them, you know, fit the bat for themselves. Whereas Amazon, you're kind of. In the dark, you can use a sizing chart. But Dick's has a lot of those different in-store features that kind of, like, help the customer along their journey.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something really special about getting your first baseball bat with your dad. Right. You know? Or in-store. Yeah. I mean, specifically, like, my family would always go to Dick's Sporting Goods, too, to do that type of thing. Right, like your fresh pair of
1: cleats for, you know, softball season. or
0: Something like that, yeah. So I think we still have a lot of that
1: also, like, emotional attachment, which is great. I think Dick's does a great job with that. We do have that kind of...
0: Special thing about us still that kind of competes with Amazon. Nice. All right. Any last thoughts before the closing question?
2: No, let's go for it. I'm <laughs> okay. excited. All right. <laughs>
0: Great. All right. So we did a little bit of top tips before, but um, so my question is what are your three little nuggets of advice for an SEO working in e commerce? This can be anything, it can be interpersonal, it can be site related, or SEO specific.
1: That's a great question. I would say that the first one, we talked a lot about this today, is communication. You know, not only do we expect to receive over-communication, we have to, you know, be held to the same standard to give over-communication. So, Mm. well, I know sometimes that could be, like, just think about when you're bombarded from emails from maybe someone like the exporting goods and you kind Mm -hmm. of, like, stop caring as much, but... Mm -hmm you know we've seen a lot of success with just making sure that we keep people in the loop of things that we're working on or things that might impact their channel or just like how things went overall so um you asked about data, so we share a lot of case studies of things. I was gonna say Yep. Oh, it sounds like
0: such a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so even
1: though, you know, it might not directly, you know, impact site merchandising, um, but maybe it's tied to their area, it's about baseball. So we just make sure that we communicate as much as possible and then they do it in return because, you know, we want to be good business partners. We don't, you know, yeah. just expect everything to be given to us and nothing in return. So yeah. making sure you have a really good balanced relationship and, you know, you stay on top of communication would be
0: the first one. And then how do you make time to build out those case studies? Because I know it sounds like you guys are running all day long. You have so much going on, so many moving pieces. And sometimes stepping back and appreciating all the hard work that you've done and putting it into into a case study can be time-consuming, right? But so important towards getting a cohesive team.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely something we put a focus on um, for 2019 is that we need to – um, make sure that we're doing that more often. And it, it yeah. is hard to find time because, you know, we don't only work on Dick Sporting Goods, but we also work on Field and Stream and Golf Galaxy, which mm-hmm. are, you know, also owned by Dick's Sporting Goods, two mm-hmm. smaller sites, so a lot of our time, you know, kind of goes there. We just, you know, have to find the time. I know that yeah. sounds very generic, yeah. but, you know, if it's, you know, half over... Case study Friday. Yeah, <laughs> half yeah. hour over lunch, or, yeah. you know, you're kind of just hanging out at home, and, you know, you at least gather your thoughts together and put them into, you know, one deck slide. We like to yeah. keep it simple just so that everyone can understand from, you know, the vice president level all the way down to entry level. Yep. That way, you know, the information is kind of cohesive. Um, and if someone is interested, we always, you know, have the details available yep. for them. But
0: I like that idea, too, because then if you get a one-slide deck, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, oh, look at it. Yeah. I'll take, I, I'll take I opened a look. it anyways, right. you know. Yep. And you can screenshot it in the email, too, yep. so they're forced to look at it. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of bullets about email. what's in
1: here, try to yeah. throw out the good stuff, bait them in to take a look. So. Yeah, but if you receive, like,
0: a... Forty-slide deck, you right? Know, you're like, I'm never time. gonna watch <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll yeah. look at the executive somewhere. <laughs> right? Yeah, where are the bullets?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So but I'm in a
0: good mood. <laughs> yep. So overall, we just <laughs> we make the time, we make it happen. So communication and case studies. The case study is kind of like a little bonus in there. Yeah, but it's but nice. I'm gonna mm-hmm. got that in the number one. Okay, yeah. number two. <laughs> um,
1: number two. Let's think here. Um, so yeah, number one would definitely be communication.
2: I was gonna so. say, can I say something that might spark? I thought yes, sure. spark so joy. yes I know oh. that it's exporting goods <laughs> SEO and SEM teams are very closely related yes how do you create the connection between the two and how do you work with each other to make sure that it's kind of more symbiotic than it's two separate teams just doing their own thing
1: yeah that's a great question and I feel like over the years like the last five years you'd read an article be like SEM and SEO should be working together and like in theory that's great and then when it came down and you sat down and you're thinking Okay, how? That's a really challenging <laughs> You're like, part. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> right, and like everyone thinks like, oh, SEO SEM, like like one letter difference. They're not that different. They're interchangeable. So wrong. <laughs> 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 they, you know, there's a lot of differences. Um, but we have recently, there's been a lot of restructuring at Dix. Um, so we now are on the same team as SEM. We report up the same way. Um, so you yeah, the we, same boss. Right, exactly. Answer. So <laughs> we know? have team meetings together. We have a lot more exposure of actually being in the same room versus being on opposite sides of a floor, um, which definitely helps. But just doing some brainstorming with them and kind of hearing how things go in their world sometimes sparks ideas on mm-hmm. our end and vice versa. So we've you know done things where they have specialized ad copy for thir- certain things, and we'll, we'll give it a shot in SEO. We'll see, like, how would that perform in a title tag? Is that very paid specific? It's basically kind of trial and error. At this yeah. point, so uh, we're definitely learning to work, you know, closely together. And of course, if there's a launch or something, we're very, you know, in sync with. This is what paid's doing. This is what mm-hmm. um, SEO is doing. And a big part is there's a lot of restrictions in paid search. So mm-hmm. as far as like what you're allowed to bid on and what's okay pages, mm-hmm. so we'll kind of be aware of what their limitations are and kind of try to pick up our traffic in our areas. And then if we have limitations, you know, we're, we're not as authoritative in one area, we'll, they can kind of, we can kind of rely on them to pick up the
0: traffic as well. Oh, that makes sense. awesome. Yeah, that's it's cool. like you guys are trying yeah. to symbiotically move forward. Yes. You know, it's like what can you do, what can I do, where are we limited? Right.
2: And is, nice. is there? A, you touched on this a little bit already, but is there a lot of data sharing between the two departments on what works and what doesn't?
1: It probably could be better. I don't think it's terrible at the moment. So if we do, you know, work with them on, you know, some kind of, you know, copy that we're using or anything, we will share those results. But there's a lot of going back and forth to check to see, you know, if we're seeing a decline for a certain thing. We're like, is pay picking it up? Right. So that's where yeah. the sharing comes in a lot. So <laughs> same thing for them. They're like, we didn't perform this well as well this year for. You know these paid terms, like how's SEO performing? You know, is your traffic up in those areas? And we can kind of go back and forth to say, like, it's we're helpful. not losing the traffic; it's just shifting channels. So, great point. It's like a basketball game. You
0: guys are passing yes, the ball exactly. to each other. You got a, a few in more there. sports okay. terms in before. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Symbiotic relationship with paid. I yes. love that.
1: And then I would say the third is don't forget the basics. We're all, like you said, we're always running in different areas. So like we're mm-hmm. caught up in like, okay, there's a new Kyrie launch this week. Or there you know, site merch is, you know, building these pages. Or IT is putting together this new framework. When we really need to make sure that we don't forget about like our pages still being indexed. Like taking a look in Search Console and making sure that like our index pages looks correct. Yeah. If you know it should be 100,000, it's 400,000, like those basic things there. and making sure that, you know, title tags are displaying correctly and they're, you know, they're being rendered properly and just, like, checking those things, looking at, like, the clicks and the click-through rate, making sure that everything is how it should be, yeah, you know, just healthy, those basic things. Yep. Like, we try to, like, sometimes we, like, escalate and we're like, oh, it could be this problem. Like, is the site down? Like, all these crazy things <laughs> when we're like, okay, we need to make sure that we're checking, you know, check the basics, make sure yep. the page Corrupting is the page object. index, you know, mm-hmm. is it, the desktop version. Are people getting to the mobile page somehow? And just making sure that we, you know, keep those fundamentals of SEO in mind and don't get carried away with like testing and technologies and some of those different things.
2: A lot of those ideas sound kind of simple, but you have a huge site yes. with tons <laughs> of different areas. You have all these existing pages that you have to keep track of. Plus, there are new launches all the time. Yes. How do you handle keeping track of all of that at the same time?
1: <laughs> it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. And what I say the basics are is probably, like you said, like mind-blowing to someone else. So, yeah, we do have a very complex setup at the moment. Like we're still running on an MDOT, um, you know, so we also we have the mobile version of the site, and then we also have the desktop version of the site. Um, we also run a proxy solution um, just because we've had technical limitations in the past, so that's almost like a third version of the site. So the site plays differently with different, you know, URL structures and different technologies, and it's definitely hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people on our team that are very specialized in a certain area. So I've been, you know, working on kind of those technical aspects for quite some time now. So um, it's a lot easier for me to just be like. We've seen these issues in the past, kind of, like, learning from mistakes. You've been through things. Right, because, like, doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. So we just make sure that we we write things down. We keep kind of a a tracker of site events. Like, this happened, you know, in 2017, and we'll see, like, are we anniversarying that? Just kind of, like, having a high-level strategy that, you know, that works. Um, Being organized, because if you're not organized, things can go to hell in a handbasket pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely hard Four to manage. Stay organized. Yes. <laughs> um, just keeping on top of it, working and making sure that we're leveraging everyone that we can. So, you know, a lot of people have a, like, I'd rather do it myself attitude. Um, I'm one of them, but I have to keep in mind that we have to keep everyone in the loop to make sure that something crazy isn't happening. Like, if we saw, you know, something crazy happen to PDPs. There's a team, which are mm-hmm. products, that's responsible for those. Mm-hmm. So, like, communicating with them, say, like, do any big changes, stuff like that, so... While it's hard to manage, it's definitely something that you get used to and kind of like in a process for, but um, yeah, it's a challenge.
2: Absolutely. All interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. All right, so we got communication, symbiotic relationship with paid, stick with the basics, and stay organized. Yes. Bonus.
2: Yeah, that's the bonus <laughs>
1: tip. So stay bonus. organized.
0: Again, sounds simple, but very complex. <laughs> yes. Harder, easier said than done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today, Tessa, as well as Matt. I thought this was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. thanks for having me. It was awesome.
2: Okay. Always a pleasure to see and talk to you, Tessa. <laughs> you too, Matt. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Ciao. Thanks for listening to SEO in the Lab. I hope it was super useful. Make sure to check out technicalseo.com backslash insights backslash podcast to get episode notes, transcripts, and some bonus content. Also, if you have any questions or feedback, reach out at seointhelab at merkleinc.com. You can also catch me on Twitter at Alexis K. Sanders. Thank you so much, Hanshen, for intro and outro music. Until next time, this is Alexis signing off. Ciao.